The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Legendarium. Hey everybody, it's Ryan and Craig here for this episode on Dune. Just so you know, uh, this is just all about the movie and it's me and Ryan, so this is kind of red team stuff. If you are interested in our coverage of the books, the blue team did all of the Frank Herbert Dune books, so those six core books, and you can check those episodes out at thelegendarium.com if you're interested. Uh, And spoilers abound for the movie, the books, the whatever, uh, so just heads up. Anyway, let's dive in. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig, your host, and over there he is... Ryan. Ryan. Welcome. Uh, Ryan is my own personal Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I, I don't know. What, 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 what's the real word? Shia Halud. Shia Halud. That's right. Okay. So today we're talking about Dune. Uh, this is the episode that you didn't need, uh, kind of wanted, and now have. Uh, so Ryan and I just watched together. Uh, uh, it was our legendary date night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched Dune. I appreciate you keeping the romance alive. That's right. I, you know, I got to make the effort. It's, look. So, uh, yeah, so I'm over at Ryan's house. We sound a little different tonight because, yeah, uh, yeah we're in Ryan's little studio here instead of uh, instead of the regular one. So, yeah, it'll be a little different. But uh, we, we watched it, and then we thought, yeah, we, we should probably do an episode on Dune, right? The people have asked, and now we shall speak. So. Yes, very, very loudly and frequently <laughs> they have asked for this. They, I mean, they've they asked a couple times on Discord. So, and it, you uh, know, it just kind of seems like one of those things that e- even if people aren't clamoring, it's like, oh, we, we should probably get this on the record. Okay, our thoughts on Dune. So that's true. So we've seen it twice now. Should we call this part one of our thoughts? <laughs> yes, but only in secret. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, you've seen it twice now. Yes, I've seen it twice now. Uh, so I feel like, yeah, now is a good time to uh, give our thoughts on the subject. There's been time to come off of the initial wave of watching it, that, that first re- uh, rea- your initial reaction coming out of a theater yeah, for a yeah, lot of yeah. things. I, I will say that our viewing experiences have been different in the sense that Very you got to see it first time in a theater. I elected to watch it first time at home on my own setup through HBO Max. And I'm sure we'll discuss this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, just to lay out our kind of unplanned episode here, what we're going to do. Yeah, we'll talk about our experience with the movie so far, um, our thoughts on, you know, the the stuff that people have already talked about ad nauseum, but I haven't listened to or watched, you know, on YouTube. So, like, it's all these are all original thoughts to me because I don't care to like go out and find everybody else's thoughts. I I am am more interested in purveying our own. So. All thoughts are our own. and <laughs> I think it'll be fun uh, because I haven't read the book. I think it'd be fun for me to try to summarize the story of Dune so far and ah. see if the movie has adequately transmitted the story. Okay. Uh, or, you know, if, if we're missing anything, you know, we'll, and we'll maybe talk around some of the, uh, the meta stuff, you okay. know, how it was to watch it uh, in the theater, HBO Max, whatever, that, that sort of thing. So yeah, makes sense to me. Cool. So Ryan, initial thoughts. Um, let let's keep it high level first, and then we'll dive into the specifics. Did did you like it? Is this uh, is this a successful movie to you? I did like it. I do enjoy. I did enjoy watching it. Um, I I will be honest. I had more 
issues with it than I thought I was going to have. Oh, really? Um, okay. I was really excited for this. I really, really was. But a handful of things without going too deep just mm-hmm. uh, kind of put me on the wrong foot and it made it harder for me to enjoy the film. Okay. Um, plus, I will say that my experience viewing uh, was diff- was uh, different because I didn't see it in a theater. And I think... Right. Uh, I think that... I, I wish I would have experienced it first in the theater because mm-hmm. uh, now going and seeing it, I think I could still have a good experience, but it would be different. It wouldn't be like that first time. Like, yeah, no, there's no going back. Is it? Did you, <laughs> it's a world famous tangent time. Did you ever watch Chuck? Oh, I yeah. Think we, we've yeah, talked yeah. about this. The final episode of, or the final spoiler alert, I guess, for this decade old show uh, where um, one of the characters gets his memory wiped. Yeah. And they're huge nerds. And so he gets to, you know, see Star Wars for the first time in Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's... Uh, but you can't do that. It's fantasy. You can't go back. So, yeah, there's there's no going back to watch Dune for the first time. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, although, I will say, okay, so to compare experiences and, and just to kind of get into um, whether it's worth it to watch it in the theater... Now that I say you can't go back, you can't have a first time, I'm not so sure because as we were watching it here tonight, you've got a great setup. You've got a, a decent TV, you've got a good sound bar, you've got, you know, everything you would want in a little home theater setup. Um, where I saw it, they had these speakers. They call them the refrigerator. They were apparently developed by NASA. And I don't understand the technology, but it's got something to do with different types of vibration. It's not regular sound vibration, so they can crank the sound uh, without damaging uh, your your ears, right? And so, boy, did they have those things cranked. And I, I felt the movie the first time I saw it. You know, the music, the sound effects, the like when the bombs are dropping on... Uh, uh, Arrakis, when the the, yeah, uh, the yeah. Harkonnen invade, reinvade, I guess, when mm-hmm. they come back and they're dropping bombs, and like you're just feeling this go on, um, and so it was. It, I loved it the first time I saw it, but I recognized even in the moment, I was like, I'm not sure if I like how much of this movie I'm even registering because the experience is just it's just washing over me. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of I'm bathing in Dune rather and like rather than watching it, right? Got it. Yeah. So today was yeah, today was kind of an interesting test where I, I was curious if I would pick up on anything different or if uh, you know the movie would feel different because I was able to uh, tune into different things because I wasn't uh, I wasn't so distracted by literally having my inner core reverberate <laughs> it was uh, it's something i'll never forget yeah i'll be honest I mean, we've kind of just basically jumped on the topic anyway so i i've been had i've had the question of whether or not people would enjoy it as much mm. uh seeing it on the theater or seeing it in the theater and then coming home and watching it on hbo max or you know or when it comes out on mm-hmm. other options like are you going to enjoy this film as much when you got that first experience, because it's not going to be the same. It is, even with a good setup, it is a little bit more pulled back. And you, uh, the feeling I had as I watched it the first time, and even during the second time, wasn't that I never got to a point in the movie where I was like, this is bad, this is stupid, mm. or anything. But I did have moments where I had the urge to just kind of pop up on my phone and look at some things. Right. You know, open up, you know, Twitter or something like that for a minute. And that's usually not a good sign. <laughs> It's usually not a good sign for a film. Sure. But it wasn't, for me, it wasn't because that the film was bad. It was because it was pacing slow enough Mm -hmm. that I didn't feel that it needed my full attention. Like, which is really a disservice to the film because it is 
basically a series of paintings like they oh my gosh i i kept thinking of that as i was watching it this time the the whole concept of every frame of painting yeah it's like boy does this movie take that to a whole new level yeah i have there are very few films very few experiences i can look at and and feel that way where every frame is a is a painting in there and Mm -hmm. i will say this one dune is one of those where there's not a time where I just can't see everything just it was lined up perfectly and everything is just set so nice. Yeah. And you can almost just put, I would love for the coffee book of the concept art for Dune, you know, oh, the coffee table art yeah. book. Yeah. Sit there and just flip that open and we'll go through the film and just go, mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. See how close they are to, yeah, to the concept that. art. Yeah. I, I, as I, I gather that, um, that people who know the books and love the books and love the story have, uh, nits to pick mm-hmm. with uh, the adaptation and that's that's fine i'm sure i would too uh, if i were a big dune fan but uh but yeah just as far as as far as movie making goes there's there's almost no fault to be had with at least the cinematography of yeah. it right the way it was shot is clearly done with a lot of love and passion oh yeah so I fully expect to see it up in the awards discussion in the coming oh, yeah. year. Oh, no, it'll clean that up. Sort of thing. Yeah, it'll clean up in the uh, in the effects and all that. The sound, the design, whatever. The costuming, probably. Yeah. So, what? okay, should I try to... Should I try to... Uh, I would love to hear recap what, this? what you think. Having not read the book, I'd love to hear what your your take is okay. on what's going on so so uh, this is unprepared okay i haven't written anything down like i sometimes do for these recaps so uh, here's what i gather we've got a few factions the two major factions or i guess three major factions that we worry about in this movie are the uh the atreides the house atreides okay so that's the main family that we're following around um and then the, there's the harkonnen um and the fremen fremen are the indigenous people on dune uh, the Harkonnen have been there for 80 years mining spice and getting really rich off of it. Um, and uh, now the, the emperor has sent House Atreides. He's, he's taken Arrakis, Dune, away from the Harkonnens and given it to the Atreides. Okay, you guys go mine this now. Um, and it's kind of confusing. Why would he do this? This doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess the emperor favors the uh, House Atreides now. Well, it turns out, no, he hates House Atreides. Um, and he did this so that um, the so that the Harkonnens could then uh, reinvade and kill them all and uh, win the war between those two houses um, and and totally lay waste to House Atreides, right? So okay, yes. So so far pretty, so good. Yes, pretty pretty accurate so far. Okay, so as we're going to do, and, and this I I picked up more on this more the second time. Uh, we're we're heading to Dune. And there's the Bene Gesserit, the, the witch ladies, okay? The, and it's, I gather, all like entirely women. This is a, like, these are the Aes Sedai yes. of, uh, <laughs> of Dune. And um, Lady Jessica, who is of the Bene Gesserit, gave birth to a son and taught him the ways of the Bene Gesserit. That's our main character, Paul Atreides. Uh, and he... Yeah, so he has some of these magical gifts that she has. Um, and they're not super thrilled that she gave birth to a son, but but now he may be the child of a prophecy. And what I picked up on the second time is that the prophecy is a fake. Or, or it's a plant. That the Bene Gesserit went to Arrakis 
hundreds of years ago, they've been seeding this prophecy among the Fremen, the indigenous people of Dune, uh, for reasons. Yes. That, that's as far as I'm, <laughs> as far as I've gotten with that. I don't know what the reasons are, but they, they set it up so that, so that one of their people would lead the Fremen. I, I don't know what, like. There should be more explanation of that part of the plot line going forward I, I did get that like okay so they've been they've been kind of uh breeding uh this magical ability whatever it is. what what do they call it in the movie this the sight the sound the voice, the voice the voice um they've been breeding this uh sensitivity this magic basically um in the hopes that one day someone would be so powerful with this ability that they could uh, see through and manipulate time and space is this correct? Yeah. 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 And so Paul may be that person. Ooh, that's so interesting. But then what I what I don't understand is why it matters that 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 be part of like some Fremen prophecy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's where I, I'm a little lost on that. Okay. So yeah. Uh, anyway. So the yeah the Harkonnens come. They bomb the heck out of the Atreides. And uh, Paul and his mother, Lady Jessica, are kind of exiled, and they're found by the Fremen, and the Fremen uh, take them into their their city, yeah. and that that's where we end the movie. We we're, we're heading to the Fremen city. End yeah. of movie. Okay, so uh, I feel like I got what the movie was giving me. Now my problem, and I got most of that. Like I said, there were a couple things that I picked up on the second time, but I got most of that the first time through. And then I saw people online saying like, oh, they left out this. They didn't explain the shields. They didn't explain the, the Ganjabar. They didn't explain the whatever. And I'm like, no, they, they, they kind of did. Everything like, you needed to know was every, there. Yeah, I got it. I understood. Okay, the slow, the slow blade penetrates the shields. And so when the bombs drop, they have special bombs that slow down, get through the shield, and then blow up. Like, it, it's not that hard to figure out but i'm sure there's more like they go into more depth to give you more situations with how the shields work and all that and yeah um, but i got it it's the difference of being able to say hey i'm dedicating a page or a page and a half half page whatever to what this is and why it is versus i have five seconds of screen time to give this (laughs) right to help you understand this point because i'm not going to spend a minute explaining why the shields are the way they are and why the slow blade comes through like no, that's that's for the book. You know, those are things that adaptations don't do well. Like that's, you can't, you don't want to spend that much time making sure that your audience has every minute detail. They need to know the basics. <laughs> does it? How does it work? The slow blade goes through. That's all you have to understand about the shield. Right. And you can move forward. Man, I, I, yeah, I got that. So yeah, there there were some things like that. Like I know people were complaining about some elements, and and possibly rightly so. But again, as somebody who doesn't know the books. I came away with it feeling like, yeah, 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 I got it. I understood the story. I, that's what I was worried about. I was worried that it would be too, um, you got to read the books if you want to like the movie. And I, I didn't feel that way. No, I don't think, I, I don't, I've read the books twice, uh, or at least I've read Dune twice. I have not read much past Dune. So if yeah. if this storyline decides to go further down the path, then I, I won't know. Um, but I can say that this has been a pretty accurate representation so far of what's in the book. I've been, I was very pleased with that. And um, the other thing I was comparing this to a lot uh, is the 
1984 version of Dune, uh, which I have seen 10 minutes of. I got right up to the scene where with the shields, the uh, the the cubes around the actors uh-huh. is fantastic. Uh, horrible, horrible. And I don't rem- I, I think I was I wasn't really sitting down to watch it, so I didn't get very much of it. Anyway, go on. But I it was interesting to me. I was curious to see how far how far away do you drive from you know the 84 version like i want to make sure that we don't you know have yeah, any ties yeah. to that or whatever or you know how much is new tech because obviously the shields are going to be a lot better this time than sure. something like that but i was still surprised how much of the visuals still connected and i'm my my thought was just that well then that's got to be something that is so important to the book that both adaptations knew they had to hit it this way they had to do it a specific way like what to showcase I, i'm just some of the visuals of uh like where uh what arrakis looks like i mean mm. there's how many uh, it's sand dunes, sand dunes you know <laughs> um but where the atreides lived there um some of the sequences uh they're also on the other side how different they they did get in some areas like the harkonnens uh, the way that they look in the 80s version the harkonnens look like a uh people who live in a dumpster um <laughs> And (laughs) it was just, it was a very different feel for this one, which I liked. uh, I liked a lot. I like this version, obviously a lot better in terms of looks and feel, but that one, there's, there's some classic moments in that 84. Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, One thing that I did hear someone say that made a lot of sense to me. Again, I I haven't seen the whole 84 version, but I did see the first 10 minutes. And so I, I remember that there was quite a bit of uh, voiceover from Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, So his inner monologue uh, is kind of going through, at least throughout those first 10 minutes, and this person was saying, you know, it's kind of a, a feature throughout the whole movie. And while I'm sure that would annoy the heck out of some people and possibly me in some situations, I, I could see where that would be useful in just explaining something. Give You know, give mm-hmm. me a little bit of exposition. And, it, you know, maybe the least clunky way to do the exposition is with a little inner monologue. <laughs> You know, and if that's the least clunky way to do it, then it's probably best to leave it out. But I could see where it would be helpful, at least, yeah. in understanding the story. Yeah. So. And it might help you hear Tim- Timothy Chalamet, you know, in the first 12 minutes of the movie. <laughs> that's right. So we're, we're watching it. Ryan hits pause. He's 12 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 12 minutes in. He hasn't yet said a line at full voice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. The one, one thing that I would have liked, uh, a little internal monologue or maybe subtitles for, is understanding the uh, the foreign words that they're using or whatever the local words. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what's the, the, the biznatch hatternack? Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand what the actual, <laughs> what the, the sounds were. were, you know? So, it's like, what's the biznatch? Well, there's a couple of them in there, and or the Shia LaBeouf or the the housekeeper. Her name is Shout Out. Shout Out Mapes. I don't know who Mapes is, but we're giving her a shout out. Like, <laughs> who are who, yeah, what are these words? What are these names? Like uh, Duncan Idaho. Got that one. Thank yeah, you. that one's solid. That one's solid. No, there's one that there's a name that they call Paul, as and he talks about it in his uh, one of the things that's recurring in the whole story is the visions he keeps having. Right. And, right. Um, he has them before they get to Arrakis, and then Paul, once you are the Biznatch Hatter and Hatternack, <laughs> and as soon as he the spice starts hitting his system, they start to get more uh, prevalent and more mm. in like he starts to see further more intense. And, intense, yeah. And 
they start talking about him being uh, Muad'Dib. Oh, okay. It, which in the book, it's I don't remember exactly. And so if I, I'd say it on here, and people would be like, no, you're a complete idiot. And I'd be like, yes, you're right. But um, <laughs> I remember, I vaguely remember reading in the book or hearing it, and Muad'Dib was like M-A-U-D da, or dash something. Like and in Probably this, an apostrophe because this is sci-fi fantasy. It's got to be an apostrophe. But... I remember because they only say it, I think, once, once or twice in here. And it's in the subtitle. And it's just M-A-U-D-I, Madi. And I was like, I thought it was, I feel like getting the name, like if you write out in the book a specific pronoun, like Shai Halud, that, that should be accurate in the film. And I couldn't remember if that, so it just, for a moment, it took me out. Like, I don't know if that's the right. I don't know that this is the answer, but, um, linguistically it would make sense if like say the Bene Gesserit are going down and seeding these prophecies about the Muad'Dib mm-hmm. um, uh, that over hundreds of years of retelling this prophecy among themselves the Fremen shorten that to the Mahdi. Just Mahdi. Yeah. Which, I can see that. I mean that's naturally what happens with language. I don't know if that's the case here or if they just changed something for the film but that would make sense to me. I would just need yeah this is something I may just need to go back and look at the book too because it could just be a you know bad memory it just for a moment watching that i was like that's not the right name for what he's going for but yeah that like i said could just as easily be me being wrong (laughs) so so what um what were the things that you say kind of turned you off that that made you not love the film so much um just uh again part of it is was my experience um the pacing of the film didn't hold me it didn't i i I, I, I just too got slow for you. I just got bored. Yeah. I would get bored at sequences like, okay, I understand what's going on here. And this I actually when we watched it the first time, I I felt all two and a half hours of the film. <laughs> I got up and I was like, Yeah, that was a two and a half hour film. I felt, you know, I feel like this was two and a half hours. Yeah. And uh, what was it that way the second time? No, the second time actually things passed a lot quicker. I felt a lot better watching it the second time. But I think it's also because I've gotten over the very first thing that off foot that off uh, footed that put me. Put you off. Yeah, put me off. Knocked me. Whatever. Um, Threw you for a loop. Yes, we'll go with that. Um, was when Dune pops up and it said part one. Oh yeah, that surprised me too. Because if I had known this was a multi multi movie piece, mm. I have no problem with that. I great tell the story well. Do whatever you need to do with that. But there was no indication to right, like, right, right. to the general public, and I'm sure it was out there somewhere oh, in dude, an interview this, or whatever. But. This is one of the most annoying things on Twitter, which I, I don't spend a ton of time on Twitter, but enough to hate it. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of the most annoying things is the... the um, <laughs> the more annoying version of the Dune fan who gets on and says, Oh, if you didn't know that it was just part one, then you just weren't paying attention. It's like no, that just means I wasn't I, I wasn't reading every interview that uh, that the actors and director did leading up to the release. I wasn't uh, keeping track of every single word that was said about it. So if, you know, if somebody is, then great. I'm glad you're so excited for the movie. But for the general public like us, we had no idea and going it's, in. And something like that is such an easy fix. Add the words part one to your poster. Well, Put it out on something. That like. m- It must have been on purpose, though. It well, had, I mean, well, obviously it was on purpose, but why would they do this? 
I my my guess is that they thought that it would tamp down enthusiasm if people were like, well, it's just part one and they haven't even announced part two, so I'm not going to bother. Well, uh, that, that's the best I can come up with. Well, the, I can see maybe the studio, because there was talk, because they hadn't greenlit the part two yet. So if it's like, well, we're going to see how this one does before we release it. Hmm. So we're not going to call it part one because maybe this might be the only one that's made. Right. Well, if this is the only one that's made you've ended it you've not finished the story it's still it's still very much part one no matter no matter whether the second one gets released so that brings up a question that i had which was was it a mistake to uh, to not lord of the rings this up uh, as in film it all at once yeah and then you know release it periodically whatever um do you think they should have filmed it all at once um the thing is, how much does this movie cost? This is like a $200 million movie. Yeah, right? it was budgeted up there. I want to vague, for some reason, the number $168 million popped into my head, but that I'm pulling that out of maybe someplace other than my head, too. $165 million. Oh, that nice. was close. That well was done. close. Um, so yeah, I, I could see it where the, the Lord of the Rings was a massive gamble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody had ever done anything like that before. And there's, I mean, there's a reason they don't do that now, really. Um, that it, it's a huge, huge gamble, and it, so I can kind of understand from a business standpoint why they wouldn't do that. But then, like before the numbers were even in for the first weekend, uh, they, Warner Brothers came out and they're like, "Yeah, oh yeah, we're doing part two. Yeah, and it's like, what? I guess that was just to kind of drive the hype in that opening weekend, mm-hmm. but it was really frustrating. It's like, you, you couldn't have said that two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think the whole thing that the whole point of that whole sequence is just to say it was off putting at the, at the beginning and threw me for like, okay, well, well how far are we going in the mm. story? Or are you, you know, or even if I had known like, okay, you're going to do all of Dune, the first book in part one in the first film and then you're going to move on to the next dune book mm-hmm, in part two mm-hmm. so is this going to become like a five six part series and we follow all of the frank herbert books you know how far are you taking yeah, this yeah, yeah so um i'll tell you the thing that was most frustrating to me uh when it comes to the marketing wasn't that particular misdirection it was the uh, zendaya misdirection yeah oh what like <laughs> i'm a big fan of zendaya um, I was I was telling you about this earlier, Ryan, where yeah, she's a great example of what I call um, uh, what what do I call it? Physical physical compelling. No, no, no. Um, uh, when you are uh, charisma, charisma. When you have oh, yeah, charisma, yeah. Uh, she has physical charisma. Not everybody has this, and I'm not talking about the fact that she's beautiful. Obviously, she's beautiful, but she's somebody who you, you just you can't take your eyes off her. She's really compelling. Something about her on screen. She did have some line deliveries that I didn't particularly care for, but just her presence. Um, and so I felt like, oh man, I, I, I got uh, robbed of some good Zendaya time. Mm-hmm. And I was promised with every poster and every uh, preview or whatever they call them, trailer, <laughs> every single bit of marketing was like, ah, oh, Zendaya's in this movie. I'm like, great, awesome. And there, luckily, there are other uh, actors in the show who have... Uh, who have that uh, physical charisma. So, um, Josh Brolin is a great example of somebody. Really? Who has, oh yeah, I think so. I, I do. I do. Okay. I, I, again, some of the line deliveries were questionable. 
but just like, as far as like looking at him, like you, you don't want him to leave the screen. Um, I say the same thing about uh, who, who played Leto? Oscar Isaac. I, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Great, like physical charisma. You don't want him to leave the screen. Um, so anyway, I, so I, I wanted some more Zendaya. <laughs> Luckily, we'll get that in part two, I suppose. Yeah, yeah so. definitely. I don't know. I, I can't really agree well on the Josh Brolin thing. No, not a, not a fan. I, I like Josh Brolin and I think he's a good actor. I just think that he's very, because of the part of the, the character of Gurney uh, Halleck is, it's very militaristic. It's very much, mm. you know, and he played the part well. It was just very wooden and the character's not really, I don't know. I'm, it, it, here's yeah. my point with the whole idea of physical charisma. Is I'm, I'm not talking about the performance. I'm not talking about the casting choice. I'm just talking about that individual. Yeah. And you know these people in your life as well. This isn't a movie star thing. This is just people have this sometimes. Sometimes it's just it's some other type of charisma. But when it's on screen, they, that's a, a specific type. Where yeah. You just, you just want to look at that person. So yeah. that, that's all I mean. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the design. So you, okay. you got into this a little bit where you, you talked about the, uh, what, what you call them, the, the Hobo Harkonnens uh, from the 84 version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And in this one, they're very, uh, what would you say, like industrial? Oh, yeah. This is their, it's very tech heavy, uh, blacks, white, like blacks, whites, grays, color schemes. Mm-hmm. Any color in there is always an off, like it's, it's something that is disturbing about that sequence. Right. The toxic greens, things like that. Um, and then we've got the, uh, the, the Atreides who are what, how would you describe their earthy? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. They come from a very wet planet, which was fun. I, I, I didn't really, it didn't sink in, so to speak. The first time I watched the movie, the, the first 20 minutes or so is just soaked. Yeah. Everything is soaked all the time. And mm-hmm. then you flip a switch and there's no water to be seen anywhere. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I had a very random, this is tangential, <laughs> so people it. love it, but I, when they popped up the name of House Atreides, home planet, uh, Kaladin, um, I actually was wondering if that was used by the group who, um, shoot, uh, Steve Erickson, um, he has a character named Kaladan Brood that's... Oh, is that uh, the... the uh, in Malazan. Malazan, yeah. That sequence. And I was like, I wonder if this, you know, if there's any sort of connection to that or if it's just a name that... You know, they came up with yeah but. It, it's i don't know it's pretty it's a it's a pleasing sequence of uh syllables isn't it yeah Cal- kaladin 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 kalik whatever you know there's kalik <laughs> did you yeah. say kalik sure yeah Cal- i mean they may not look good but they sound great got it no i don't know what i want to know is who designed the ships so there there's there's ships and then there's some kind of um tunnel like a space tunnel I, that I gather that basically it's and the sandworms are kind of similar like sandworms are basically a combination combination penis vagina and eyeball uh, very very strange and so it really is the one-eyed monster just looking right at you right but the the ship up in space was the same way or whatever that thing is called I, I don't know yeah you remember the uh, um, as a kid they have these tubes that are like they have like a colored uh, jelly the, the, in it and the you goop, can shake the, it. Oh, yeah. I just, you guys should have seen the motion Ryan just made with his <laughs> wrist. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's why this one's you not on video. You shake weight it? Yeah. Shake, yeah. shake weight? It's, it's one of those big things. It's a... 
It's what a, a sleeve. I mean, let's be honest. It's what we called it while we were while we were watching it. There's a flashlight in space. Flashlights in space. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Thank you for listening. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. Um, what, what was I? Oh yeah, no. I mean, we can make fun of sci-fi all we want, but we did just watch over the summer uh, uh, Jeff Bezos fly into space <laughs> on a giant penis. So like that—that that was a whole thing. Yeah. Oh boy, that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> so good all right yeah. other than that other designs other aspects <laughs> the ornithopters the drag- oh is that what they're called ornithopters yeah, the dragonfly helicopter type things yeah, i thought those, those cool. were fantastic um the whole sequence uh when you first are introduced to the sandworms in place and it, it the sandworm attacks the uh the mining ship mm. that's oh, yeah, already yeah, yeah. things that like i you know it feels real it feels lived in it feels real oh like, yeah these are things oh I, I don't know how the uh, how a balloon would lift 85 bajillion tons of machinery, <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to trust that they have some kind of gas. I don't understand. Some tech that works on there. That's something that I did think was interesting about looking at the design of different aspects of the show. Because, we, you know, we're laughing about the Harkonnen ship, but uh, the design of all of the spacecraft is incredibly simplistic. Mm. Like when uh, Atreides... Uh, when they come to land on the planet, all of their ships, they're basically inverted sand crawlers that just come down, uh, like, you know, trapezoid setup, right, right. come down there. Uh, the emperor sends a convoy and they come in a giant just ball. There's not a whole lot to it other than that. And then it opens up and comes down very uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy sure. style. Yeah. Um, and then the Harkonnens have the tube. So I, I feel like the spacecraft are super simply designed. But then when you get onto the actual planet... I mean, you've got the ornithopters that look very much like dragonflies, and I'm sitting here going, okay, this is cool, and now we're going to get to know the Fremen and see what their tech looks like and what things are, you know, along that that part of the world looks like. I'm excited to see what the design is, because what we've seen so far is really simple, really planet-based, and I really want to see the, the Fremen, who are the true planet owners, who are the, the people who have been here the longest, right. what, theirs, what their stuff looks like. Mm, yeah it'll it'll be good i'll tell you one thing that i really appreciated about the design uh from the fremen is the still suits yes okay so that's a fremen design right um and in almost any movie project from the marvel stuff to what was it the gi joe or whatever you get these suits and you've got the men's suits and you got the lady suits mm-hmm. and the lady suits. Well, they got to have room for some big old boobies, right? And so you get these, like, whether it's armor, you know, like boob armor or, you know, whatever. I'm, gosh, what am I thinking of? Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, jeez, oh, okay, well, all right, whatever. You know, and you just, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit most of the time and just let it go. Like, okay, fine, it's the yeah. movies. I, I actually, it, because that is the norm in movies, it, jumped out to me uh that the suits were androgynous <laughs> and like i it, that we don't have to remind you that she has giant boobs underneath this like no it's a still suit this is functional and yeah. they, like this is so you can survive in the freaking desert uh and so that's one thing i actually really appreciated was that it felt more real that way yeah you know like i didn't feel like oh i'm in the movies it's no i'm on i'm on arrakis yeah so they're like that this, I will say this movie definitely, I, I don't think that, 
Um, and man, this is um, this could be going out on a limb a little bit. I don't feel like uh, there's a ton of things in Dune that are really driven by sexuality. Or anything is like that, that is that true in the? I I I understand that's, that's not true in the books. Like the the Bene Gesserit are like sex witches, right? Well, um, uh, yes and no. It's and I know there's some weird stuff because I sat in on conversations with the blue team when they talked about like bizarre like spice orgies or i don't know what's going on in later books. maybe but... later on in the books it becomes yeah. things but in the in the core in the first book of just dune um i don't remember a whole lot of the, that being a key element other than the fact that uh his mother lady jessica is, is his is the concubine to the duke Leto, mm-hmm. and she elected to have a son instead of a daughter that even though she was told to provide him a daughter mm. And that's kind of, it was her... By the, by the Bene Gesserit. Yes. Okay. It was kind of one of those things like, this was her taking a chance saying, I think that I am, that this is going to be the the child of prophecy that we have been putting out there. This is the mm. one that is going to be that. And, but other than that, like, it so much more is focused on survival and those those basic elements that you don't really get into a lot of things with sexuality. And I think that's it's wise not to add that element when it's not a core element in the story to start with. Right. It, so. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was room for that. So to speak, dang it. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. No, it didn't, didn't seem like I mean, we're already at two and a half hours. You could, you could trim some of the scenes and speed up some of the, the, the slow panning shots or whatever. You might trim it down to two ten or two fifteen, yeah. Uh, but still that, that doesn't leave room for exploration of a lot of other, uh, directions in the story, right? And so that's yeah, that's fine to leave that out. I mean, give me a giving it to a different director or whatever, and uh, who feels the need to add that element? You find out Lady Jessica is, is pregnant. Oh right, she's so, carrying a child when they're out to when they're join they join the Fremen, and Paul knows this because of his gift, and you know they could easily have added something there for that. Right, but, right, right. Um, was uh yeah if paul verhoven had done dune mm-hmm. <laughs> forget about it uh yeah okay so is there anything else we need to get uh to get through on this or should we start wrapping it up i, uh, don't, I don't know what else i don't know do we if we go much say? further down that path i'll probably land us another two-star review somewhere <laughs> that's right <laughs> So, uh, oh, everybody needs to go on iTunes and read our read our latest uh, two star review of somebody who decided that Ryan was a homophobe, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I've but... said some stupid things. I apologize for them, but <laughs> not for that one. That was that funny. one. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I think we're good. Dune. It, it, it's I thoroughly enjoyed it both times uh it probably helped that i was fully immersed the first time i was not checking my phone because uh, i didn't really have the option so yeah uh yeah i i love it i fully recommend it but by now it's been out a couple weeks and so people who want to see it they've seen it yeah so. uh i will say this is me putting down my bet and it's not a very it's not a really far-reaching bet or whatever but I think that this, when it is finished, if if uh, Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, uh, there you go, that was pretty good. When he finishes this, if he continues on the trajectory he's going with this, this will be put up as one of the best cinematic pieces done 
in the last like 30 years just as far as filmmaking like cinematography it will be so if you put if you create a shelf of like the best cinematic films mm. done and that will, that will win all the awards and things like that you'll have you know lord of the rings will be up there and dune will be right next to it okay like that's kind of where i'm and titanic i've never seen titanic wait what I've never seen Wait, it. Hang on. Okay. The hard right turn on this episode. <laughs> You've never seen Titanic? I have never seen Titanic. Okay. You know what? I am committing. Uh, this, is, I, this isn't an idle thing. I am committing to this. Our patrons are going to get <laughs> a watch along of Titanic with me and Ryan. Uh, in the uh, but before the end of the year, okay, Ryan? Before the end of the year, you and I are going to sit down oh, in front of microphones and watch Titanic. Okay. Uh, all right yes is that a yes <laughs> i'll do it oh yes okay we got a yes this has got to happen i i i can't believe you haven't seen titanic i yeah it, okay all right sorry 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 all right back to dune this is oh, okay we're gonna talk more about this off mic this is incredible <laughs> uh that you were a teenager in the late 90s who didn't see titanic there were boobs, boobs in ryan it. <laughs> pg-13 boobs exactly okay, all right, the, all right. the response there my parents would never have let me go see that and i was not a rule breaker <laughs> you were when you were hanging out with me well that's different okay well anyway um on that note, note. everybody go enjoy dune let us know what you thought of it um Thanks for listening. Uh, this this was uh, one of our only audio only episodes lately. We don't do a lot of those these days. Um, every once in a while, I suppose. But yeah. but yeah, we just didn't have our camera set up, so no worries. Yeah. Different different location, not quite set up for that yet. Yeah, um, this is the secret studio where the Harry Potter episode was oh, that's recorded. Right, that's right. So anyway, um, yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Um, sure, based on this episode, yeah, go ahead and subscribe. I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> Um, go, go to thelegendarium.com you can find all the links there Patreon and uh, the archives and all sorts of uh, Discord Discord yeah, yeah go, go hang out go on Discord, Discord. Um, we, did you know we broke a thousand on Discord yeah oh fantastic yeah so uh, Lord Kiptan has quite the brood uh, over there <laughs> on, uh, on uh, Discord so anyway yeah everybody go do that thanks for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>